Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride Shyhards, welcome to episode 153 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we are going back in the vault just like we always do. We're taking it back to 2013 and we are discussing Chicago Fire season two, episode 12. This is called Out with a Bang. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. Bryna, I'm so glad we picked this episode or by we, I mean you. Because this was such a pure and lighthearted and sweet episode. I loved it. Well, we were briefly talking about before we started recording. I mean, I picked it for a few reasons, but there was so much more that happened in this episode that I even completely forgot about. Mm -hmm. So it was really fun to watch. I really enjoyed this episode. It was really fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. So we always start with the news and we have a little bit, guys. We're getting back in the swing. It feels so good. So this is relatively breaking news. And by breaking, it means we record on Wednesday night. You're listening to this on Friday, you know. So according to Filming in Chicago on Twitter, Chicago Med, their crew starts up on Thursday, September 10th, as in they started up yesterday and core extras are being booked for a start date of September 22nd. September 22nd. So if you're waiting for the behind the scenes content, the goofy TikToks and videos from everybody, September 22nd is the day to keep an eye out. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Like, I just love seeing, like, an official day behind when filming's supposed to start. Like, it was one thing when it was, like, oh, late September, but now it's, like, oh, no, September 22nd. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the day. It just makes me happy. Just the semblance of normalcy feels good. Definitely. I mean, obviously, this is just med. This isn't all three shows. Um, I mean, PD and Fire are supposed to start right behind them. But, yeah, it's still really exciting. Really exciting. I'm just hoping all of the casts, like, break their social media silence that's been going on over this whole hiatus and just kick it into high gear. I know. I I mean, within reason of what they're allowed to do. For safety reasons, of course. Yeah, of course. Yes, me too. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we also got an email from Allison F. And Allison had received an email from... um, the whatever the extras website is or the the Facebook page there's an there's a whole Facebook page dedicated to casting extras in Chicago and she said she got an email for recurring ED extras so it's happening yeah I'm 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 so excited I'm so excited too I've missed everybody so much I know me too and it's just gonna get better and better over the next few weeks we're gonna have more news coming out Gina eventually we're gonna have episode descriptions oh my god episode descriptions what are those again no I mean those things that we love to hate but yeah we're gonna have them and I'm just really excited (laughs) I'm so excited I'm so excited to critique NBC over how poorly written they are and then like watch the episode and it be completely nothing like the description and but again normalcy (laughs) Again, yes, a complete semblance of normalcy. I miss it. I miss it. My goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all the news we've got. We don't have a ton, but again, I mean, we're getting back in the swing. Slowly but surely, it's happening. So, yeah, just can't come soon enough. So, as of today, which is Friday, there should be 61 days left until November 11th. But also, don't trust me on math. So... 
it should be like in that vicinity of 60 to 61. So I guess that's all the news we have. Should we just like jump right into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Like I said, there's a lot to unpack. There a really lot of is. different storylines. Yeah. So um, once again, this is season two, episode 12 of Chicago Fire called Out with a Bang. So just to give you an idea of where we are in the whole chronology of Chicago Fire. Chronology is a word, right? That's a word. So, okay. We've just come off of the episode Not Like This, which is when Casey basically takes a steel beam to the head while saving a baby. And he saves the baby. But he also has brain surgery. Um, that's also the episode when Clark is basically accused of murder. TBT to that. We never bring up Clark's name when someone gets accused of murder, but we should. <laughs> right, right. So again, it's the Chicago, it's the one Chicago rite of passage, right? That was when he was in. Yeah, man. TBT. Huh. Yeah. What so, a storyline. Right, right. So Casey's still suffering the after effects of that. Um Shay and Dawson had a frequent flyer patient named Daryl, and Daryl basically died by suicide right in front of them. So that's another thing that we're just coming off of. Yeah, I mean, so close that they got blood spurted on them. Like, yeah. yeah, Right in front of them. They saw the whole thing. And, and like, Shay Shay spun out, too. And, like, yeah, it was was bad. Isn't that when she starts um, hooking up with what's her name i see her face oh god not clarice devon devon yeah devon isn't that why i think no or maybe not in this episode but like the next episode i'm gonna google she spins out in season one over something too doesn't she because i remember severide like shay and severide won't talk to each other and so sev is like she won't listen to me like will you two just bury what you have and like go find her yeah, hold on a second. I'm trying to see what season this was. So while Brian is looking that up, um, a couple of other things. That oh I'm no, going- it's a little. It's a little bit. It's earlier. It's early season two. Okay, okay. So that's already happened. So Katie and Otis have you know they've made out. They're they're interested in each other. Katie's around. Everything's nice and wonderful and. We've got Otis, we've got Shay, we've got Clark, oh god, um, Mills, you know. Oh, and Dawson and Herman and, um, I'm blanking, Otis, Otis, I'm sorry. Oh god, that's bad. Dawson and Herman and Otis are on the verge of losing Molly's. They basically are, they can't come up with the remaining balance of their loan. So that's just kind of where we're at in general. And it's 2013 which feels like eons ago and the show's only been on for like a year and yeah. Oh, and Dawson is at the Academy training to become a firefighter. So Rafferty is filling in for her on Ambo. Yes. Cool. Okay. So we broke this down by story because there's a lot of stuff that's going on. And so we broke this down by character and we'll just jump on in. So we'll start with Casey and Casey is still suffering a couple of effects from the accident. His brain's kind of fuzzy. He's forgetting things. He's getting headaches, things like that. And so Bowden checks in on him and Casey's like, I'm fine. But we all know in one Chicago that I'm fine really means I'm not fine at all. 
Yeah, especially coming from Casey. Casey's yes. n- whenever Casey says he's okay, he's definitely not okay. He no, he's definitely not okay. I really hope that in the future, anytime Gallo's like, "I'm fine," Casey's gonna be like, "I see right through your shit." Tell your dad what's going on. Yeah, like yeah, what is happening? So yeah, Casey's like, "The doctor cleared me. I'm good. Everything's great." And Bowden's like, "Yeah, just give me the accident report. Like, I, I need to know that you're good." But yes, write me the accident report. Like, let's go. So Casey asks Severide for a favor. So they're at this like yard. It's like a shipping yard kind of. Do you remember what they're building? I do remember. They're building a tiny library for sweet little Nathan. Yeah, I I love it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet little Nathan from 206, by the way, who like needs to come back soon as like a grown up. I love it. I know. I need it to happen. Anyway, continue. <laughs> but yes, they're working on the library. Sweet little Nathan. Okay. So yeah, Casey is like, oh, BT dubs, Kelly. I can't remember the two days before the accident. And Severide's like, uh, I don't think that's normal. And so Casey's like, yeah, but if I tell Bowden, red flags go up and then it becomes a big deal. And so Kelly's like, well, have you told Gabby? And Casey's like, "Mm -mm, nope, not at all. And so Severide's just kind of sitting there like, what the fuck, dude? Of course he hasn't told Gabby. Like, of course he didn't tell Gabby. Because, like, I swear, Gina, all their communication issues can be traced back to this moment. Like, this moment right here. Because, they, like, at this point, they're still a happy couple. Or up until this, because they've only started dating, like, a few episodes ago. They, they're, so, are, like, are they past their first engagement yet? No, that hasn't happened yet. Oh, you're right. Because, okay, the first engagement is when... is, no, 208's the episode where they, like, kiss for the, the first, first time. first kiss, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, so thing. Just... this is, like, brand new. So, like, I'm telling you. All their communication issues can be traced back to this moment. This is like right the here. OG miscommunication. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, as soon as he said that and like they were having this conversation, I was just like, facepalm. Yeah. So um, I do like how Severide was like, so let me just tell you that like when I hurt my shoulder last year, because this was, you know, Severide's shoulder problems were only a year ago in season two, which is just bananas to me. Oh, so crazy. Yeah. He's like, I spun out. The only reason I got better is because I went to Gabby for help. And so Casey was like, yeah, mm, whatever. And Sever was like, no, no, I need to know that you're hearing what I'm saying. And Casey was like, eh, sure. Cool. Meanwhile, we cut to the end of the episode, and this like there are there are a couple of scenes in Chicago Fire history, actually one Chicago history in general. There are a couple of scenes that are just so awkward, just so painfully uncomfortable that like I close my eyes and I'm like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And this next scene is one of them. So Gabby and Matt go out to dinner and everything's great, but the guy at the table next to them keeps looking their way, because he's basically looking at his car that's parked on the street. Matt picks a fight with him out of literally nowhere. It is 10 times more uncomfortable than any scene you've ever seen on The Office. It's just so bizarre. Like, the guy's doing nothing wrong. And Casey's just, like, basically, like, you want to fight? You want to fight, man? Let's do it. Let's go. I'll meet you outside. (laughs) What the hell? You're like, like, where the fuck did that come from, Casey? It makes no sense. Um. Yeah, and there are just, there are some scenes in the early seasons where, like, you can tell the actors are really trying, but the scene is just not landing. And, well, 
this. I was going to say, like, I get the point they're trying to illustrate, right? That, like, Casey's definitely still suffering from some brain issues. And that, obviously, when your brain is compromised, then, you know, sometimes your personality can be out of order and stuff like that. Like, I get it, right? Like, I get that. And I that comes across that they were trying to illustrate that. But, man, that scene could have just gone slightly different. Like, it could have just been a little bit different. And it would have been ten times better. Just so unbelievably out of character for Casey. I mean, I think that's the point, right? Like, I think that, again, that is the point they're trying to show is that, like, Casey is affected by this brain thing still. It's not as perfect as he said. He's not as healed as he says he is. Um, You know, obviously that can make you act out of character. But, like, just, again, something about the tone of the scene and just the dialogue. And it just seems so weird. Yeah. Like, I'd be one thing if he was having a fight with, say, like, Gabby, or, like, picked a fight with Gabby about some little thing she said or something like that, right? Like, but this, it's just, it's so weird. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. So Matt gets them kicked out of the restaurant. Matt Casey, the Matt Casey we know and love most of the time, gets them kicked out of the restaurant. Like, what is happening in the world? And right, like, if you had told me Captain Casey had gotten them kicked out of a restaurant, maybe. But, like, <laughs> Matt Casey? Lieutenant Matt Casey? Uh-uh, I don't no, believe it. No. Captain Casey when he first became captain, because he mellowed out after that. Yeah. But, True. Yeah. So, the next morning, you know, Gabby's making breakfast, and Matt's just like, I'm sorry, it's cool. Dude, if I'm Gabby, I'm like, listen, motherfucker, you humiliated me in front of all of these people. And, like, you're being stubborn as fuck, and you're admitting you're fine when you're totally not fine. I see you. You're not fine. What the hell's happening? I'd be so pissed if I were her. Yeah, I would, too. I mean, again, their communication issues start here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and now that I think about it, now that you bring that up, I'm like, yeah, and this was a bad one, too. They didn't even start with, like, baby miscommunications. They were just like, let's just go for broke. Yep. Not great. Not great. Nope. So Severide, once again, is like, Casey, what the fuck? Do you think Dawson told him about what happened? What do you mean? Like Dawson told Severide, like, hey, we were out to dinner the other night and Casey flipped. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, No, not at this moment. She probably told Shay and Shay may have told Severide, but I think Dawson right There's a lot of secrets happening in this episode between, you know, friends slash family. It's not... I see why, but also I'm like, dude, dude, risky. Secret secrets are no fun unless you share them with everyone. <laughs> what the hell is that? I've never heard that in my life. You've never heard that? No. Oh, man, I've heard that just like growing up, like on the bus and wherever. Yeah. Dude. Secret secrets are no fun unless you share them with everyone. That is true, though. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the whole thing basically ends with severide being like what the fuck and then casey's like yeah sometimes i forget things no big deal and that's it my favorite my favorite moment of that scene though is when severide's like i need to know you heard what i said and casey's like kind of zoned out for a second he's like i did like it just sounded it just a very it reminds me of moments i have with my brother sometimes where i feel like i'm talking to him and he's not necessarily listening but he says he's listening i just Sometimes I feel like I, I feel like I just had that moment 20 minutes ago with my brother. So like, <laughs> I felt that scene. It, it's just, the, the, yeah, the whole, the Casey arc in this episode or the Casey story in this is just like, like it drives on the point, but you're just like, this is odd. So odd. 
Yeah. I don't feel like we see that nowadays where Severide is like, sit your ass down. We need to talk. Um, occasionally, but I feel like it's more either one of them being like, I need advice. Like, give me all the advice. Like, I feel like there's not like as much scolding for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Either. It's more like, let me get your opinion on this rather than like, no, I need you to do this. Like, mm-hmm. this is wrong. What you're doing. It's not as much that anymore. Yeah. So next up, we've got Shay. Rest in peace, Shay. We miss you so much. So Shay gets tracked down because, again, we're just coming off of Daryl's suicide. The lawyer who represents Daryl's estate tracks her down and she's like, oh, damn it. Daryl left her everything. Crazy. So, and I mean, this is the area I work in is like estates and stuff like this. So the whole time where she's like, I'm like sending it to this person, that person, all I'm thinking in my head is like, oh, the tax consequences here. And don't do that because then this will lead to that. And I'm just like, Gina, watch the damn show. It's bad. Yeah, you were the first person I thought about when the storyline popped up again. I was like, oh, Gina's going to have fun discussing this. Yeah, this is exactly what Gina does. Oh, God. <laughs> so Shay does not want anything to do with this. She's like, I don't want money. I don't want anything. Like, leave me alone. I don't want any of it. So she goes to the apartment and like she walks in. And I mean, I wish that they would not like pay more attention to, but be a little bit more mindful in these big moments like this when a character is about to revisit a traumatic experience. Right. Like I get that, you know, Shay acts like she's all tough and everything. And so she wants to see Daryl's apartment alone and she can't lean on Rafferty. But that's she I mean, if she knows that it's going to be traumatic and this goes for everybody in the universe when they, you know, when they're about to confront something big, it's like, I wish she we had seen her go to Severide or something and just be like, will you come with me or something like that? Like, I don't know. Recognize like just they do a really good job of recognizing trauma on the show. I just want to see like more. Does that make sense? Did I get all soapboxy for no reason? No, I think it makes sense. But what I would argue is that I don't know if Shay's fully realized it yet. Right? Like, this is the first time she's going back to the scene of the incident. And sometimes it takes seeing, being reminded of whatever traumatic incident you've encountered to realize that, like, you're not fully okay with it. Yeah. Um, So, like, maybe she just didn't even realize how she thought she had it handled and she didn't. And mm-hmm. so maybe she didn't even think to ask Severide because she thought she had it handled. That's so, true. like, I understand what your point is, too. But, like, I don't know. She could have just not even been to that point yet. Yeah, she yeah. probably didn't have the self-awareness. And, I mean, we even saw that with Otis and the, the elevator fire. He didn't realize that, hey, like, that had really rattled him. Right. But I also think, too, I mean, this is, like you said, this is 2013, 2014, I think, even because this is probably after the midseason. So, like, 2014 when this is airing. Mm-hmm. Like, we've come such a long way from, like figuring out how to talk about our mental health and like recognizing those triggers and things like that. And like, I don't know if we were even there yet as a society, even though it was only six years ago. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we would have really been there. Which um, I'm glad you bring that up. Cause also the other thing I want to mention here, you may have this later in the outline and I'm really sorry about that, but Shay has partnered with Rafferty in this episode. Rafferty, who is openly homophobic. Yeah, I didn't put the Rafferty stuff in because at some point we were hitting on like seven storylines and I didn't put Rafferty in. But yeah, openly homophobic, like the stuff she says in this episode is so bad. I'm just like, oh, oh, stop. Like, it's bad, really bad. 
Well, and Rafferty, too, who was also going through her own little trauma situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't even put any of the Rafferty stuff in there because, again, I had to pick and choose. And, like, Rafferty kind of hit at the bottom of the list. But, yeah. Just, it, it's, like you said, I mean, 2014 was only six years ago. But it's also the climate that we're in is just so different. Well, and I think, too, it's important, too, to remember, too, that when we talk about Shay, and obviously, a spoiler, when Shay dies at the end of season two, the whole movement that was going around at the time with the barrier gaze and because, um, who died on the, on the 100? Lexa. Yeah, like, with the whole barrier gaze and then how Shay was a really big part of that, too, because it all happened kind of around the same time. And, like, none of that happened at the time that this episode was written and aired so like there's just so much that has happened even like right after this episode um in terms of lgbtq representation on television and so i just it's all context is important here Mm -hmm. in terms of like when this episode actually aired yeah yeah so i mean seeing the spot where daryl was killed there's blood spatter on the wall still and i mean it freaks her out i mean understand it happened right in front of her and that's you know something traumatic for sure so on her way out, she runs into Daryl's brother and she's just like, dude, you can have everything. Like, I don't want this. And he's just like, sweet, awesome, yay. So Clark basically tells Shay later, he called some of his military buddies because it, as part of Daryl's records was something saying that he was in the Navy. And Clark's just like, you probably want to know this just for information's sake. Daryl's brother has been taking from his pension for a long time, which like, that happens more often than you think, not specifically people taking from military pension, but like elder abuse and like abuse of the mentally ill like that to like take their assets. I've seen it firsthand. Yes, they're really. It's fucking disgusting. It's disgusting. There are really bad people in this world. I've seen it firsthand on an account that I managed. So, I mean, yeah. Yep. Ugh. So Herman and Otis are like, ooh, money. So this is when they're just like, so you could give the money to Molly's. And Shay's just like, leave me alone. Like, I don't want to talk about it. So he, Daryl's brother shows up to the firehouse pissed. And he basically accuses of mess, or she, he accuses Shay of messing with him the same way she did Daryl. Clark intervenes and is like, you need to get lost. Like, let's go. And so at Molly's later on, this is hilarious, by the way, uh, Cruz and Cap come out and they're like, we filled the toilets with cement, like screw the bank. And she walks <laughs> in and is like, so I'm giving you the money. <laughs> I love it so much. I forgot about that. But like such a classic Cap thing, too, which is oh, so good. So classic. Yes. And so that is the story of how Shay becomes a partner in Molly's. Yep. Which also, TBT. it makes me so sad to think about now how, like, the OG partners in Molly's were, like, Herman, Otis, and Dawson. And, of course, like, two of them are gone. And then Shay came in. Shay's gone. So now it's, what, Herman, Mouch, and Stella, right? Yeah, and Trudy. But, yeah. And Trudy. Yeah. Which I guess Gabby is still technically a partner. She didn't die. She just went away. She might have given her share away. Or like sold it. To I don't her. know. Oh, she might. She might have let her, Molly's buy it back. We need to stop her. I'm gonna get all like business, Gina. She could have given it to Casey, right? I mean, theoretically. Yes. D- I, I'm no lawyer. Gina's trying to break <laughs> through. She's trying to break through. You're not working anymore, Gina. Stop it. <sighs> we'll discuss this off the pod. 
depends on if Illinois is a community property state. And, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we'll discuss this off the pod. And it was acquired prior to the marriage. And, I'm good. Okay, so. Bowden and Donna, you guys, this is part of the reason Bryna picked this episode, because this is the first time we meet Donna. I love this episode, like this whole storyline so much. It's so perfect. Bryna, take it away, please. Like, Yeah, so basically, 51 gets called to an apartment fire where a propane, a propane grill was being used inside and just exploded. So, yeah, not good. No. So Bowden's chewing out the victim inside, like outside by the ambulance for how dangerous that is. And Donna steps in to defend that victim, being like, our landlord won't fix the heat. We're just doing what we can do to try to survive and blah, 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 blah. And like while Donna's going off, Bowden's face, like, I swear, this is love at first sight. Like <laughs> just the hard eyes that he has in this moment. I, I can't. Oh, my God. I think I like you. Oh my god, I think I like you. Oh my god, I think I like you. <laughs> so good. Anyway. So Bowden, of course, pays a visit to the apartment landlord and reams him out. He's basically like, if you don't get this fixed soon, I, I will be your worst nightmare. This we never see funny. this out of Bowden. We see it out of like Casey and Severide. We never see it out of Bowden. And I feel like you see it out of Bowdoin, but for the people he loves, right? right? Not for someone he just met a hot second ago. Hence why I'm saying, I mean, love at first sight, I swear. I feel like you anyway. can even, like, see it in his face when he's talking to the landlord of, like, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. And I feel really strongly about this. So, like, pull your shit together. So later on, Donna stops by the firehouse to thank Bowdoin for getting the landlord to finally fix the heat. And she brings him some food and, you know, they're having a little flirty banter or whatever. And then Donna leaves. And Mills is, like, watching the whole thing, whole interaction from the side. And so when Donna leaves, Mills comes over and he asks Bowden, he's like, well, why did you just let her walk right out of the firehouse? And Bowden's like, well, what else was I supposed to do? And Mills was like, ask her out. <laughs> like, it's not that hard. And then you see the wheels start to turn in Bowden's head and it's like... Oh, I love everything about this. I love Bowden taking dating advice from Mills. Just this. It's so pure and perfect. Well, we've come such a far away or far away from when Mills was mad at Bowden for mm. the fact that, you know, Bowden's basically the reason his parents, you know, had their all their issues and you know that whole affair and etc cetera, etc cetera. so like we've come a long way from the fact that like mills is like basically like chiding Bowden over a girl and now you know it's just i love it i love the whole full circle moment my favorite favorite is when mills is trying to talk to Bowden about the article and Bowden just stands up and he's like you know what i'm gonna ask that woman out and mills is like so um yeah <laughs> So yeah, basically that happens, and then, of course, taking Mills' advice, Bowden shows up to Donna's, like, toolbox in hand, and offers to fix, like, her sink and leaky sink and whatever, and, of course, she's like, oh, well, you're right on time, like, it's dinner time, and Bowden's like, well, I'm not gonna turn that down, and that's the end of that storyline, but, like, guys, Donna and Bowden forever and ever and ever and ever. 
this ship does not get enough respect. Like they they deserve way more love than we give them. We need to come up with some kind of saying or something to and for a shirt with Donna and Bowden and um, the Hermans and like all these underrated like parent type ships. Yeah, we need some kind of way to honor them on a shirt because yeah. they're amazing. They are. They are anyway. So yeah, that's that storyline. Oh, I love it. It's it's I just it's such a meat cute too. I forgot how like adorable it is. Yeah, and like I said, the hard eyes when Bowden first sees Donna is just like so apparent, and I forgot how strong they were, and it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they're still going strong today. And Terrence is adorable. I love it. Yeah, so love much it, of it. Love it. Love it. Can we have more Melissa Ponzio in seasons nine, ten, and eleven, please? Please, please. Eric. Please. Please. Like, this is our formal request. Yes. Yes. Unless she gets another gig that's, like, absolutely killer. Then, like, go on with your bad self. But otherwise, we miss you. Please, more Donna Bowden. Please. Please. So we also have Dawson. And along with Dawson brings a character we have never discussed on the pod. In three years, we have never talked about Rebecca Jones. Which is kind of crazy to think about. I know. That we've never talked about Rebecca Jones, but we've never talked about Rebecca Jones. Nope. Nope. Uh, so the only thing I want to start off with this, like I, I start off saying before I hand it to Bryna, is that like um, Academy Instructor Kelly is the cutest. I love Academy Instructor Kelly. That's a man. That's a mouthful. <laughs> and remember how hesitant he was to even become an academy instructor? He didn't want to do it, and then he got guilted into doing it, and now we're blessed. Kelly is so modest. He does not realize how gifted he is at his job. Like, he doesn't realize how good he is at what he does. Also, like, in season two, it was cute, but, like, think about it now in season... God, we're gonna go in season nine. That's crazy. I know. Um, but, like, with, like, the more gray-haired fox uh taylor i mean it would just look so good on him to like stand there with a clipboard and like with stella doing the girls on fire i mean come on that's oh my god couple right there come academy power couple i'm here for it give me that yes. spinoff <laughs> <laughs> i am here for it uh oh god yeah and and in my head kelly still ke- teaches at the academy like there's no way he doesn't like I'll, the, the the higher ups at cfd are like no this guy is like smart he really needs to be passing down the wisdom okay but i would love to see it same same but that was the other thing fanfic. if derek won't let us see it on television let me see that fanfic yes Somebody write the fic. Um, I will even trade you. I will write the Upstead Build-A-Bear fic if somebody will write us Academy Severide. <laughs> if somebody will write us that, I will write the Upstead at Build-A-Bear fic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, that was the other thing I had noticed in this episode, too, is that, like, I was like, oh, everybody's so much less gray. <laughs> um, yeah. Everyone yeah. definitely looks like babies in this episode. Completely. Especially Jesse Spencer. I don't know. Jesse Spencer looks like a literal baby in this episode. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. So, um, but Dawson. We're here to talk about Dawson and Rebecca Jones. Yes, yeah, so Rebecca Jones. Yes. Anyway. Bryna, go for it. Yeah. So, basically, the episode opens, and we see Dawson taking one of her firefighter tests, and she's going along, whatever, and she looks over, and she sees Rebecca Jones cheating, like, pulling out a phone, like, old school cheating, pulling out the phone, 
answers right there, you know. But I love that you consider cheating with a phone like old school cheating. Old school cheating in my book was like looking at your friend and like pointing to the Scantron and being like, what is this? Yeah, no, that's old school cheating to me. I also, anyway. I also haven't said the word Scantron in about like 20 years. <laughs> anyway. So then later on we see like Rebecca even admits to Dawson. She's like, you know, I can handle the physical stuff, but I have dyslexia. So the memorizing stuff can be hard. And Dawson's basically like, you know, you're not the only one to come through the academy with dyslexia. Um, but Rebecca's like, yeah, but Severide's gunning for me, and I'm not going to give him any more of a reason to go after me. Question. Uh, yes. Did Kelly ever sleep with Rebecca? No, he slept with the other chief's daughter, remember? The one that kind of looked like Brittany Curran? Is that the one who he was engaged to before the show started? No, that's a different girl. There's, remember that girl who was, like, the Connie before Connie for a hot second that he slept with in the cat in the turnout room? I don't remember that. They had sex in the turnout room. I'm going to find it. Anyway. But, I'm... No, he did not sleep with Rebecca Jones. No, 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 that did not happen. I'm surprised. Are you surprised by that? I mean, <laughs> I guess a little bit, but, like, I think Kelly has some sense or had some sense at this point to be like yeah uh student upcoming academy member bad idea oh bad, man bad. chief's daughter bad but bad well yeah chief's daughter yeah kelly deserves some credit for that one a little bit a, a little bit just a little because you know the thought crossed his mind at some point a little bit anyway so Dawson shows up at 51 and is freaking out to uh, Casey about wearing the mask that she has to wear because she's claustrophobic. And Casey gives her this advice. He's like, size it up, wear it when you study, when you cook, when you watch TV for as long as you can. And I'm just, I was thinking back when I was watching this, I was like, this is so pertinent to today. I know. I know. Unfortunately, but like so relevant today. There's a moment when they're at the Academy and I think Severide or somebody is like, mask up. And like, it's completely, it didn't even phase me rewatching this. I was like, yeah, yeah, do that. And then I was like, oh, there was a day when that wasn't normal. Right. Yeah. Um, but Casey can like read the look on Dawson's face. And so Casey's like, well, who pissed you off? And Dawson basically tells him about Rebecca's situation. And she's like, well, should I tell Severide? And Casey's like, absolutely not. Like, focus on your own work. Like, stay strong. Like, do not tell Severide. And I was just like, where did that come from? Right. And I, I, I feel like if this were any other kind of situation, if this were like a test at school and like history or something, yeah, keep your hand down, mind your own business. But like, people's lives are at stake here. So... Cheating's not cheating. Cheating to me on a firefighter's exam is something you tell Severide about. Well, and especially in the early seasons too. I feel like Casey, if this was anyone else, Casey'd be like, "La la 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 la, I didn't hear what you said. La 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 <laughs> la, la la, figure it out on your own." Like he would never like give that advice. Like he would never give that advice. Right. But it's Dawson, so like he's gonna give that advice to her, and it's just <laughs> like, what? Huh? No. No. Not, not your best, Casey. Not your best. Yeah. But basically, so Rebecca and Dawson do end up taking the physical part of their test together. Um, it's in that, I don't know what it's called, but where they have to go in. And it's all like foggy and they basically have to make their way out of there. Um, 
And inside, Dawson's mask falls off, and so she's struggling. And Rebecca does end up turning around to help her. Um, and so they come out together, and they barely make it out, but they make it out in time. That is like, I, I don't know. Th- this is just weird to me because it's like, yeah, she cheats on her test, but like, oh, she showed some human decency. So, like, I guess she's okay. Uh, well, well, I feel like we have to talk about. Well, anyway, give me a second. Okay, okay. So, basically, the storyline ends and at Molly's later, and Severi tells Dawson, Dawson's like, well, let me know what my God on my test. And Severi's like, well, fine. I guess you're going to find out tomorrow. He's like, you got an 87. And she's like, well, tell me what Rebecca got. And apparently, Rebecca got a 98. So cheating paid off. But what I was going to say, going back to your point about how they showed her human decency. I mean, I think that's all kind of the point of like them leading up to how Rebecca's storyline ends with her, them with her killing herself. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you're supposed to kind of feel some sort of sympathy for her. And I think this is all just part of that leading up to that moment where she kills herself. Yeah, because I just her her arc is sad, really. I, I never liked her. I found her really annoying. But I mean, it makes me sad for her that like she she felt like no matter what she did, like she never felt like enough. That that's the really sad part about Rebecca to me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think they do a really good job of illustrating that. I agree that I didn't necessarily particularly like her. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, found that moment to be really sad when she does die. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I, there's just, there's not like a ton to say about Rebecca. Like she was there. I mean, I don't know. She, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. But I feel like it is such a, You know, it is kind of an influential part in terms of, I think it had a really big influence on Gabby and the kind of firefighter Gabby was. I mean, we didn't see Gabby as a firefighter, but for a hot second, but like, I do feel like it was a big part of Gabby being a firefighter. That is true. It's very true. So. Yeah. Apparently Stella knew Gabby from the Academy. So I guess in those scenes, we're just supposed to imagine Stella in the background somewhere for funsies. Yes. No, Stella knew Gabby from when Gabby was, I think, first posted as a paramedic at a different house. Oh, geez. I got to brush up on my trivia. I think. Because that wouldn't make sense timeline wise. Like, why would Stella have been around at the Academy at this point? I thought she came to the Academy at the same time, but then they also made a big deal out of saying that Jones and Gabby were the only two women in the class. Right. I gotta brush up on my trivia. I think, you know what, now that I'm thinking of, because remember how when Cordova was around and Cordova and Gabby knew each other from a different house? I wonder if that was all the same house, like Paramedic Gabby, Cordova, Stella, like if that was all... That would be interesting. We never got an indication that Stella and Cordova knew each other, though. I don't think so. I haven't watched the Cordova episodes in a while. That that's that's a trashy reality series. I would watch though, like a spinoff with Gabby and Stella and Cordova. <laughs> I would watch. Man, that. I literally just thought about Cordova. I don't know why I just thought about that because I haven't thought about Cordova in a really long time. You but... loved him though, so it makes I sense. I did. I would. I would have loved for him to stay around. I did love Cordova. Yeah. So last up, we've got Mills. I miss Mills 
all the time. No, not last up. There's still two. There's something else to discuss after Mills. Second to last up. I take that back. Yeah. There's just so much that happened in this episode. Oh my goodness. I know. Okay. So Mills. Sweet baby Mills. I miss him so much. Our little Netflix star. Just. Hmm. It's. Come Mil- back, please. I'm still so sad. That I know. Like, we got back. Roman back and we didn't even want him. Like, can we, can Mills just come back, please, for like an episode? Remember there was like all that speculation that Mills was going to go to Cruz's wedding with I Gabby. Know. <laughs> oh my God. And it would have been so <laughs> perfect. I mean, it would have been great, but like also kind of just like LOL. Oh. <laughs> now. I know. We were so excited. We were like, somebody's returning. It's got to be Mills. It's got to be Mills. And like Brian Garrity posts and we're just like, okay. Why? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, I say as I sip my wine. What? I said I say as I sip my wine. <laughs> You're the Kermit sipping tea meme right now. So mm-hmm. our sweet baby Mills has joined squad. And like, you know, he's wanted it forever. And by forever, I mean a season and a half. But like, he worked <laughs> so hard and he got to where he is. And so he comes in and he's like, okay, you guys are going to prank me. Like, I know that's how it goes. I'm keeping my eyes open. You're not going to get me. Like, you're going to prank me. I know it. And so Mills also is like, I'm not the candidate anymore. So like, you bitches are on your own in terms of cooking. So enter Katie. That's how Katie comes in, which is pertinent later. So a guy from the Sun Times comes to see him and he's like, yeah, like, I'm going to write an article on you. You're like the youngest person to ever make squad. And Mills is like, this is a prank. I know it. I'm gonna give him all bullshit answers. And so he's like, yeah, we don't really do anything. We just like eat and sleep. And you know, it's about it. And you know, they call squad like first into the fire and like first up to the dinner table or something like that. And yeah, so he gives like super self-centered answers. And the reporter is just like, wow. So once he realizes like, oh shit, this isn't a prank. Cause they, they, Trump gets him with a bad chair. And so Mills is like, you're doing this on top of the bad reporter. And Cruz and everybody's like, what reporter? And you see it look like over Mills' face. He's like, oh, fuck. I fucked up. And so he calls the reporter. He doesn't answer. He leaves a voicemail. He tracks the guy down and the guy like drives away from him. And so this is when Mills goes to Bowdoin and is like, so this interview happened. And Bowdoin's like, I'm going to go ask out that woman. And Mills is like, but, but, okay. All right, cool. (laughs) We find out later at Molly's that the reporter is Bowdoin's next door neighbor. And Bowdoin is the one who set up the whole prank. It's so good. Art. Art, I tell you. Well, my favorite part, honestly, maybe of this whole episode is when Mills is like, when Mills finds out that Bowdoin is the one that set him up, he's like, yes i am in i am so in. like i just love that whole scene it's, it's so, so good. sweet i just mills was just so like he was sunshine he was like the og sunshine i mean oh my god could you imagine a scene between mills and gallo oh oh my god gina why are you doing that to me and like, my art sunshine and sunshine sunshine jr i can't say that that's a tongue twister but like sunshine and baby sunshine that's a shirt Oh my God, it is. Yeah, yeah. Peter Mills walked so Blake Gallo could run. Oh my God, yes, right there, Gina. That is the shirt right there. Yeah, yeah. I'd pay good money for, I would pay good money for Peter Mills to come back for an episode. I really, me too. Do you think, 
Ew. Like, do you think he knows about Otis passing away? Do you think he's, like, up on everything? Do you think he knows Joe got married? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think they're still Instagram friends, but I don't know. I hope they're still Facebook friends. And I hope that, like, he sees pictures of Stella and it's like, she seems great. Like, I know. Yeah, Mills and Stella would be so, such good friends. Oh, my God. All of it. I just need Peter Mills to come back. That's a new hashtag. We, We need to start this campaign, Gina. Oh my god, I'm like, what about a crossover ship between, like, Mills and Rojas? Oh my god! We need to start the get... I don't... What's the hashtag gonna be? Get... Bring Mills back 2020? Bring Mills back is a good one. Um, Or bring Mills back season. I don't... Bring Mills back? We've got some brainstorming to do. If you guys come up with a better hashtag for that, let us know. But... Yes. Just... just, Baby, come back. Bring Mills back. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, just the brainstorming, the brainstorming, I don't know, and then, like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Mills has forgiven Will for the time that Will tried to black tag Severide in the back, ta- the backdoor pilot, whatever, I know my brain is running, Ugh. anyway, so, yeah, Mills finds out it's Bowden, it's adorable, and just, like, Peter Mills, just come back, what's that scene from Titanic, when she's like, come back, come back, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that. Last up, we've got Otis. It's just yeah, Otis. Ugh. I know. Bryna, bring it home. Of course I will. So basically, as Gina mentioned earlier, when Mills is like, yeah, I'm not cooking anymore. So I've right, of course, mentions calling Katie and Otis's eyes get like wide. And, of course, they're sitting at the table, and Shay notices that Otis's eyes get wide. And Shay basically, like, tries to scare him into painting an imaginary scenario where Otis has to encounter Big Brother Severide, and, yeah, just... Do do, do you want to hate me for a second? Yes. Do you think they still have these conversations in heaven? Gina! I know. I'm not okay. Seeing them converse, I was like, this is so sad. Why'd you have to do that to me? (laughs) Just. God damn it. It makes me so sad. Like, they probably just kind of like sit up there and are just like watching Kelly and like watching Katie and Lily and. Remember that time we got the picture of Josh Segarra and Treat Williams, and we, we were like, first of all, why are they hanging out? And then second of all, we were like, oh, this is like a live look into One Chicago Heaven, and we literally, through a text, went through a whole, like, One Chicago Heaven scenario. We, like, broke the pilot episode in that text train. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. That just, they, they, Yeah. Seeing them talking to each other, I was like, this makes me so sad. Yeah, this is heartbreaking. Both of them died so young. It just... Mm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so I don't start crying. Brian is like, um, shut it, Gina! <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Gina, shut up. <laughs> Katie basically stops by, brings food. And she and Otis are having a conversation. And Otis is like, I feel uncomfortable. And oh. I still feel uncomfortable about going behind Severide's back. He's like, I'm going to tell Severide. And she's like, well, what are you going to tell him? 
And he's like, well, I really like you, and I want to see more of you. And I just, I love them so much. Um, So Otis tells Severide pretty much that. And, like, Severide messes with him at first by, like, pulling out a chainsaw to check on it. And, like, revs it up a bunch of times. But eventually gives him the blessing, you know. The chainsaw moment is, is quality. So good. And, yeah, basically that little storyline ends, like, at the end of the episode, Katie is hanging out at Molly's, and she invites Otis over to her place, and, yeah. So perfect. (sighs) I know. Katie and Otis. It inspired me to pull out, remember that time I tried writing a Katie and Otis fan fiction, and I I never finished it? I do! And now that you've said it out loud on the pod, like, you have to finish it. I know. I, like, when I have some time, I'm going to. Because it's almost done. But... I will write the Builder Bear fic if you write the Katie and Otis fic. Oh, well, it's almost, I mean, it's like 75% finished. Yeah, but you've got to like pick it back up and finish it. I know. I need to finish it. I was rereading it and I was like, this actually isn't that bad. But I can probably yeah. write a terribly written one shot about Upton and Halstead building a bear <laughs> in the time that you can finish it. <laughs> I love it so much. The writing will Halstead. be shit. I'm just going to warn everybody about that right now. No, it won't. You're a great writer. Mm. You are, though. Mm. But yeah, I, like, pulled it out. It, like, it still exists. I reread it. It's not that bad. I hadn't edited it or looked at it since, like, 2018, which is kind of crazy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it it exists. It's just such a simple, wonderful episode. I feel like I get the vibe that this was, like, a filler episode in season two. Because, I mean, let's be real. There are some episodes in the middle of the Chicago Fire season where you're like, this is clearly just a filler. But it was so, like, it was just so perfect. Is this the record for the most storylines we've ever had in one Chicago episode? Because I mean, it's seven. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's possible. It's possible. You know what else was really funny was when they were talking about Molly's and Cruz was like, yeah, I got engaged here. And like, I immediately thought about Chloe and I was like, no, he did. Oh, not talking about Chloe. That's right. Yeah. TBT to what's her name? Anna? Anya? I think. Otis's cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Who he made the mix CD for. Oh, Joe. No, isn't it Zoe? So some so. it's not Zola. That's Guys, Meredith's that such daughter a long, on Grey's. It was such a long time ago. And it's not Zoe. No, it's so something. It's so it's so something. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Any other notes about this episode while you're looking that up? No, I'm glad we talked about it. I mean, again, we really just we've never talked about Don or Don and or we don't ever talk about Don and Bowden a lot. Um. So it was good to talk about them. I mean, we had never really even mentioned Rebecca Jones, so we had to talk about her for a little bit, and yeah. Just a nice, like, change of pace. Very sweet episode, so. Um, Brian is still looking this up, and this is going to be something where the minute she says the name, both of us are just going to go, oh. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Why can't I find it? <laughs> IMDB is your friend. I'm trying. Okay. Well, while she's working on that. So as always, Shy Hards, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. You've probably seen the tweet that went along with the release of this episode, by the way. Uh, Brenna, you found it. Go ahead. It's Zoya. Zoya. Oh, we were so close. 
Oh, okay. So anyway. um, you probably also saw the tweet that went along with when we posted this episode. We have new shirts up on TeePublic for the first time in like a bajillion years. We have new shirts, new shirt alert. Go to TeePublic and shop your heart out. So we've got a lot of good stuff there. We've updated the squad goal shirts. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, go. Although, can I say that made me cry because I had to take Otis off and like that made me cry. I know. I know. Yeah. Sad. Anyway. But Rojas has now been added to the PD shirt. Yes. And Ritter has been. Ritter and Gallo. And I don't know why I didn't have Tony and Cap on there in the first place. But they were all added to the fire one. Um, Marcel. Marcel got added to the med one. So, yeah. All up to Exciting date. Stuff. Yes. And it does. it's not just shirts. You can get a coffee mug. You can get stickers, pins, magnets, whatever you want. doesn't have to be a shirt. But Go. Go, I tell you, go. Anyway, so yeah, that's going on. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. And actually, um, that made me remember, we got an email from a listener in Brazil, by the way. We have listeners in Brazil. Isn't that bananas? It's crazy. It's so crazy. We have a listener named Alice, and um, she sent us a message asking us to talk about the fires that are still going on in that area. So uh, we tweeted earlier on Wednesday about the California wildfires, which have now spread into Oregon. And by the time you listen to this, I mean, hopefully it hasn't spread to other states. But, you know, just our listeners out there, please stay safe. We are thinking about you. If there's anything we can do in terms of signal boosting or anything like that, please let us know. We are thinking of you. The pictures that are coming out of that area are mind blowing and terrifying. But um, Alice messaged us also and asked us to talk about the fires that are happening in Brazil, because for some reason, it's just not getting media coverage. And the things that are just not getting media coverage to me, like, it's just kind of scary, right? It's scary, but I mean, I don't want to say it's unfortunately not surprising, but it's unfortunately not surprising. Just A, the way that the American media cycle is nowadays, but also too, I mean, like, they'd like to cover, you know, something silly that Trump says, or the fact that Trump got nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, but then not talk about all these other things. It's just so U.S. focused that, like, it doesn't surprise me, but I think it's unfortunate. It is. It's very unfortunate because, yeah, the the Amazon is still burning. That did not just magically go away. That's still happening. And there's a place in Brazil called the Pantanal. I probably said that really wrong, and I'm very sorry about that. But there's a place in Brazil that's burning. And there's also some forest forest fires happening in Argentina. So, you know, it's not just here. It's not getting media attention, but it certainly should be. And, you know, we've got all of these areas in our minds. We're thinking of you fondly and we hope that everybody's staying safe. So, um, yeah, stay safe, stay inside, you know, please. Yes. Uh, Stay safe, stay inside. Definitely wear your mask, not just for COVID at this point. Um, One of our listeners, Jessica, she um, has been keeping me updated on what's going on out there. And like she sent me a picture today, said it's literally like snowing ash. Which just yeah well in that picture that our um, our friend Rachel sent us in our group chat crazy so crazy yeah our friend Rachel is in the Bay Area and I mean she sent us a picture today that downtown San Francisco was like orange there's like no other way to describe it yeah I saw a few other friends of mine that are in like that area post and it's just so scary yeah so you know you guys stay safe reach out if you need us you know we can we can signal boost we can try and help in any way that we can um but we're around so um follow us individually on twitter i am at gina watches tv brina 
I am at Branica13. Guys, when we say email us about anything, like we mean it, email us about anything. Um, yeah, Alice emailed us about the fires, and we always say that we talk about other shows. Guys, I just started watching Selling Sunset, and I'm obsessed. Yeah, I, I only watched season one, but that was not bad. That was not bad. Can you pick it back up, please? Because like I need to talk about this trash TV with somebody. No, I'm trying to make it through the boys. I have one more episode, and then I'll be caught up for Friday's release. So I have one more episode to watch. We will talk about that at a later time, because, oh my god, the boys. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you like the show, which we really, really hope you do, if you could please take a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us, we would so greatly appreciate it. It does help other shy hearts find the show. Um, normal schedule going forward. We still don't know what we're talking about next week. I mean, I imagine it'll probably be med. Don't know. Yeah. We'll see. So, whatever. Uh, Yeah. In the meantime, everybody have a good day. Have a good weekend. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Stay safe. Stay indoors. And, yeah, we're around if you need us. And everybody have a good weekend. And we'll see you next week. Bye.